Uh, hey, Biff, have you heard about the population of Ireland? Uh, no, I have not heard it's about Dublin. the population. It's Dublin. Why do we do this every week? What? Or every two, uh, you're you're, you're a smart guy. Yeah. What do you call a fly with no wings? What do you call a fly with no wings? A walk. Hello, everybody. That exacerbated piece of man meat is Biff. I'm Jacques, and welcome to Carnival Personnel. Biff, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? You know, it's been a, it's been a fun week. Um, we've had a hiatus from Pet Rescue for a while. Tomorrow, oh. we are driving to the other end of the state to get two rescue puppies. Um, I don't know puppies, oh. puppies, but... You know, management. Man, she knew. She knew what she was doing, Biff. She knew what she was doing. She showed me the picture side by side of these, you know, two puppies that this rescue needs a foster for. And she's like, which one can we get? Knowing that I don't have the ability to not say both. Yeah. Is this going to be a situation where, you know, you ask, hey, how many legs combined do they have? And she says, oh, they've got eight <laughs> legs combined. And it turns out that one of them has three and the other one has five. Right? It's not one of those situations, right? Well, with the people, with the with the animals we usually get, it Possibly, but no, yeah. that's exciting. Uh, sadly, I flew solo today, but I recorded next yep. week's podcast, uh, the sideshow, with a really good friend of mine. And I'll give you a little backstory. Yeah, the guy ran one of the largest production companies in LA in the reality space. Okay, I think it's called Authentic Entertainment. Unfortunately. Yeah, he doesn't take credit for it. He takes blame for it. He gave the world's Tots and Tiara, which spun off Honey Boo Boo. And we don't talk about it at all on the podcast, but long okay. story short, as far as that go, he put Honey Boo Boo's family in. Basically, he created Tots and Tiara to show people, oh, my God, this this world out there of these five-year-old yep. beauty pageants is horrible. Yep. And all this, all these children should be taken away from their parents. And it turned into a 10-year running franchise. It had spinoffs. Uh, but he, he gave it all up to move to the, you know, bo back to the Boston area. He's a Massachusetts guy. He had okay. a long six-year plan. Him and his wife got as a hobby, got into gourmet chocolate making. Nice. And, and yeah, it, it took him a couple of years to get up and running, but yeah. they knew it. they had a six year plan and, you know, it's fun to talk in, in detail about, about, you know, how that decision was made, you know, how they ethically source their, their beans and, and how they have an impact on like the different local, you know, um, Guatemalan and Ecuadorian, like, you know, partners that they have. Um, it was, it, it, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was informational. Uh, you would have stepped in and made us stop talking a little bit about Julian Edelman. Cause the first time I walked in his office, <laughs> Julian Edelman was a rookie. And I think I was the only other person who was saying this kid's going to be special. And he had a frame picture of him wearing Edelman's Jersey, you know? So anyways, that next week, uh, it's, uh, Tom Rogan, it's G Goodell. Um, 
Uh, good now, not Goodell. Uh, good now. Good, Holy good cow. Now. Well, we're going to get into a lot of hockey. Today, uh, today we turn Goodell in... is not hockey. Oh, no, no. He's the NFL, right? Uh, but today, today we will. We, You know, heads up, everybody. This is a podcast I think non-hockey people feared when you stepped in to help out, you know, when 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 Joe went to the rickety stool and rope yeah, store. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be mostly hockey. So let's, let's get through the crap yeah, we'll so we out. can get into it. Um, yeah. Biff, my yeah. relationship is on the rocks. I'm getting okay. ready to break up, and and maybe maybe I'll, I'll announce it here. Um, we have eight Alexa of devices around the house. Okay, and either I've had a stroke recently that I don't know about. Okay, or the the hearing of all the Alexas have gotten so bad and problematic, and. My whole family's been complaining about it. I'll ask it every day to do the same thing while I'm, you know, making the boys breakfast in the morning. I'll be like, you know, play at MSNBC. We have no songs by NBC. You know, it's like it does it literally the same half dozen things yeah. I ask it to do on a daily basis. And I, I've started looking on the web and I'm seeing more and more people saying, yeah, I've had it for six years, loved it. But these things are getting progressively more annoying than helpful. Um I used to make fun of my mom when she first got Siri, and I remember her exact words as, Siri is ignorant. Watch this. <laughs> and my mom's like, watch this. No. Call my sister Debbie. Here are the top 10 sushi places in your area. And I'm like, yeah, but wait, 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 wait. Before you go further, I want you to do an impression of your mom talking to Siri. Well, Th that's the thing. My mom, you know, she has a wicked accent. You know, she, 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 and I, and look, I know I have an accent, you know, sometimes it's not really an accent. I have more of a speech impediment than an accent, you know, which complements my dyslexia well, ladies. And, anyways, I, uh, it's, it's like I ask the same thing. It's not like I'm asking new commands or to, you know, compute quantum physics. It's simple stuff like play the same radio station I listen to all the time. Play this band all the time. So I don't know. I'm actually thinking about going and trying one of the Google ones. Do, do, you, do you have any of these around your mansion? Uh, we do have uh, we do have the Alexa, uh, but I mean – I don't use it that much and I don't, you know, it's like, uh, I don't have a real use for it that much. Cause I partly because everything's on my phone and then it's on, on my phone, everything is uh, Google based. Cause it's, I've got, I've got a droid. So if I'm going to do anything on, a, on that, it's going to be just a basically the Google driven stuff. So, so yeah, I, I'm, we might be breaking up, you know, maybe we'll get some counseling. I'll see if I can salvage it, but I think I'm going to try one of the Google devices. But like I said, it's nice because we use them as an intercom system. If I'm down in my yeah. office and the little guy is up in his room, you know, it's yeah. really nice to just be able to, you know, say drop into this room or if he's out in the yeah. clubhouse, but it is, it, it's become a frustration. That's really, yeah. That's the only time I really use it. I like, I mean, it's useful. Like I literally use it. Like if I'm coming home from uh, the, you know, the grocery store, I could just drop in on the living room where James typically is and just say, Hey, groceries coming home. I'm going to need your help in 15 minutes, whatever. You know, what else is nice? And, and we, we, we do, we use a lot, for, you know, when you're cooking something and you're out of eggs, out of soy milk, you can just say, add this to the list. And then when you get to the store, you cut, you know, you call up your list and it's all there. 
So, so I mean, it is. It's 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 helpful to a point, but honestly, I've either had a mild stroke of recent, and and everybody in my family, and the rest of the world is being kind, or or the the Alexa advice uh, device isn't working as well. The other thing not working as well uh, these days is uh, Olympia Dukakis. Oh come on, be nice to Olympia Dukakis. She's, she's great. Lowell's very yeah, own. Yeah. She's from my town. She's from Lowell, yep. Mass. Um, sis, cousin, first cousin of of the great governor yep. Mike Dukakis. Yeah, yep. yeah. I remember she used to campaign for him. Yeah, absolutely. She, you know, it's she's one of those amazing stories that give old fucks like you and me hope. She had a decent career, but it wasn't till Moonstruck. That yeah, she really yeah. th- so her big breakthrough comes at age fifty six. Sure, yeah, but she was fantastic. That was, I mean, that was a fantastic movie. You know, the the only thing that was kind of negative about that movie was like Cher's kind of lame uh, Oscar speech. And I, other than that, I mean, that yeah, that was a fantastic movie. But she she won an Oscar too, Olivia Dukakis for Best Supporting. Yep. And it's yep. do you love him? Yeah, my I do. Oh, it's too bad. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, like, it's one of my favorite lines. Yeah. That is a fantastic, fantastic movie. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, she was a working actress, you know, a, a good theater career, but her yeah. real big breakthrough break came through. So she passed yeah. away this week. And um, like I said, it, it's it's Lowell's own yeah. um, Biff Mortal Kombat. Did you see it? Oh, well, it's oh, free. God. And management like the first one you know what time is not free damn it (laughs) (laughs) and and, you know we're still we're still kind of a little bit on lockdown here so yeah but dude it's it's one of those movies where it's a beloved franchise it's it's a video game franchise though but it but it's beloved and, and it gets referenced all the time i mean how many different tv shows or movies do you hear somebody say finish them and, and you know direct reference yeah, right 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 and, and i i understand the pop culture significance of the franchise but you know, just like they didn't have to make the Final Fantasy movie, I don't think they needed to make the Mortal Kombat movie. They really did it. And, and look, yeah. you and I love Kong and Godzilla for all the right reasons. Was the was I was going to say was the last Kong Godzilla movie a really great movie? No, because none of them have been. But are they awesome and fun watching? Yes. Well, 100%. Destroy All Monsters was an amazing movie. That that should have won an Oscar. Okay. But that's a different story. That's a different story. <laughs> but it was. I mean, Kong versus Godzilla was awfulsome. You know, uh, copyright yeah. counterful personnel coined by Joe, but completely yeah. awfulsome, worth it. It was a fun ride. It kept getting more absurd. But this Mortal Kombat, you know, one of the things that both management and I watched is like, it's 2021 and it's pretty sexist and pretty not woke you know it was it was the the female characters which were few and far between were you know uh, almost relegated to cooking and cleaning and you know wear that dress i like versus being a badass no it it's it's a big budget movie people looking forward to it and i just was just amazed at like how bad the writing acting everything about it was and i wanted to like it i didn't go in thinking oh this is going to be stupid i went in thinking yeah this this could be a fun ride but that said it's probably killing it i i haven't looked but it's probably killing it in the numbers is it is it was it better or worse than rampage did you see rampage 
Of course I saw Rampage. Well, okay, Rampage was ridiculous and over the top, but it's one of those. Uh, I, uh, listen, I'm just listening. Listen, just I just need yes or no, the one or the other. Was it better or worse than Rampage? Worse than Rampage. Oh my god, worse that is horrible. Than Rampage. Oh um, my god. No, but 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 it it was it, it was hard. Um. So so you know. I, so uh, President Biden is kind of flexing muscle, and I don't know how much you're following this uh, COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and making the big pharma, you know, share their 11 herbs and spices formula, you know. <laughs> what, what are What's your thoughts? Well, it's it's for the ones that was funded, but because I think uh, was it J and J that wasn't funded? Oh wait, one of them, one of them wasn't funded, right? It's just the one that was federally funded. Is that right? The ones that took the money. Right, right, right. You know, I mean, I think to some degree, this is part part of my gripes with the, uh, you know, a lot of the uh, pharmaceuticals where there are literally um, drugs that are developed using like NIH money and whatever. And yet these pharma companies are gouging, you, you know, uh, people for it. So in this case, you know, if this is a, you know, it'd be great if this is a precedent where, uh, there is a certain limitation to how much you can, you know, gouge for, and this is a, a obviously a very special circumstance. But uh, you know, I, you know, I'm all for it. I mean, this is a freaking global pandemic, and you know, when India is having the kind of crisis it's having now, um, I, you know, I, I, it's just one of those things where. I, I don't want cost to be the thing that keeps you know them from just having just a massive die-off, right? It's just horrible right now over there. Right, and that's one of those things where we can do we can do a whole podcast once a week about the evils of big pharma and all of that. This is yeah. a once in a century. Hopefully, hopefully, this is a once in a century pandemic. And again, yeah. it's one of those things where in our own country, if we don't get 70 to 80 percent people taking the take the vaccines this is going to stick around it's going to mutate and people like you and i who couldn't wait to get our shots are going to be yeah. getting more shots in another two yeah. years because it but, never really went away um well i mean you know it, it, it's you know we it just like we you know you get your flu shots every year you get your booster shots for certain things i mean you know it's just another thing you know uh, you know, unless we can actually eradicate this, like, you know, like some of these older you know, polio type of diseases. I mean, obviously, you know, this is something that's that, you know, potentially ongoing. Right. So um, another disease that is plaguing, you know, California right now and, and possibly spreading is uh, Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's she is always. This whole thing of, of celebrities running for governor and stuff right. like that. Yeah. I don't know if you caught the new clip of, of her the other day. And well, I saw the homeless clip. Right. You know. When she yeah. was, she was at her private airplane yeah. hangar talking to the guy in the private airplane hangar yeah. next to him who couldn't take looking at the homeless. So he's moving to Arizona. It's yeah. like. It's really you. You. You're this real woman of the people, you know, lamenting instead of, hey, we can afford private planes and prior. <laughs> maybe we, maybe we can be part of the solution for the homeless. Versus, I'm getting on my private plane and flying where I don't have yeah. to see the whole. Just, right. just the whole audacity of and and honestly, when people, I she's one of those people who 
gets all the benefit of a woke society and all the people out there fighting for trans rights, you know, snowflakes like me, snowflakes like you, at the same time, just the worst person who is, you know, honestly, I, I can't. I was going to say you can't think of a worse woman running for office, but, you know, the Republican Party is filled with worse women well, already let, in office. Let's, let's, not, let's not put the horse before the, the cart, right? I mean, it's like, you know, a cart before the horse, right? Because we the recall has to happen first, and then Newsom actually has to be recalled in a vote first, right? And then all of this this comes into play, and then, then it becomes a race, right? So... You, you know, so and not not to say that there isn't a good chance that Newsom is recalled, but I mean, it's like, yeah, you know, let's not let's not jump the gun. I know, obviously, the people who are hopefuls are going to jump in now, right now, to you know, kind of establish their you know their their place, right? So I get I get it, but still, you know, you know, from just a observation kind of standpoint, I don't know if we need to, you know, I mean, you no, know, you know, it is but, what it is, but it's and, just the worst people lining up, but. And again, right now, it's is that is that porn star uh, running again? <laughs> oh, there was that there was that porn star that ran a few a few years was. back. Yep. Uh, and I'd rather that, but you know, it's it's I take no joy in what's going on with the GOP right now, ousting Liz Cheney solely because she won't go along with the big lie. Yeah. And and part of you says, you know, the, you want to have the Schadenfreude. You know, gloating of oh, look at the, look at them eat their young, look at them turn in on each other. The problem is, it's it's th- this this whole stop the stealing in Arizona and that whole vote. And we're not going to get into it, but that yeah. big lie six months later is only getting more fuel and getting worse. And, you know, yeah. and the fact that the governor of you know Florida yesterday signs one of these draconian voting laws doesn't let the national media come in doesn't let the local media come in exclusively sign this document uh yeah. stripping away voting from poor and black people uh, on fox and friends <laughs> you know so that bubble is only hearing more and more it's all for the big lie so on one hand you're like oh great they're really going after each other on the other hand you're like oh great there's 40 states that have these restrictive voting laws. They're they're losing more and more people in their base, yet they're in a better position to control all levers of government in a year. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, you look at it in the context of everything. I mean, uh, and, y- you know, history kind of does that, right? You know, you, uh, you perpetuate uh, a certain story you know, long enough, then it becomes the story, you know? I mean, seriously, it is Goebbels tell the biggest lie. And just keep hammering it over and over, and soon enough, it becomes the truth. Uh, and I'm just so done. That's why Columbus discovered America. Exactly. Thank you. And it's sad that we still have assholes like Joe Manchin saying, no, no, we have to do things on a partisan level. When you get people like Mitch McConnell last Thursday, last Wednesday, Thursday, stand in front of a bank of microphones saying – the GOP Senate is 100% committed on stopping everything Biden wants to do. Flat out, Mitch McConnell comes out again. He said the same thing in 2010 about Obama well, saying, you know, yeah. they're not going to work with Obama on anything. They're going to make him a one-term president. And then two days ago, three days ago, says the same thing. We're 100% united to stopping the Biden administration. Well, let's, listen, let's let's be fair. I mean – you know how many 
people in the Senate aren't really in for it, in, in, in it for themselves, right? I mean, when the when you know you say all these things about the Republican Party, everybody's in there kind of in it for themselves, right? And that's why they do what they do, right? And so you know, Joe Manchin is like any other you know person occupying their seat. You know, he's in it for himself because you know he's. Uh, a Democrat in a very red, you know, state. And this is, you know, he has to make sure that, you know, he, he kind of maintains a certain, you know, thing with his constituents so that, you know, he keeps his job. I mean, you know, what we really need, what, which will never happen is a freaking term limits on, you know, on these, you know, on these Agreed. positions. That takes so much away. But even his, in his state, the Republican governor is so for these programs because no state needs infrastructure more than, West Virginia. No now, state needs yeah. more federal help than West Virginia. And all and the and the crazy thing is these plans nationally are polling plus seventy percent. So Joe yeah. Manchin, this, yeah. you're yeah. going to get the support from the Republican president. This this, this is the through. this is the yeah, this is the common, you know, uh criticism of you know, I mean we hear it all the time about how senators make lousy presidents because they don't really govern anything, you know, as senators, right? I mean you look at, you know, essentially the I the kind of the argument is is that governors are running, you know, one fifty one fiftieth of the United States. So going from the one fiftieth to the one, right. you know, is Right versus you're running one fiftieth of one fiftieth or one hundredth of we you know you know you know one half of this you know this little thing that does one third you know it's, yeah it's just, if you're supposed to be the one good at math well, well I mean you could yeah. just whatever <laughs> I mean it's basically though I mean they're they're not really running anything right just, so just running things into the ground yeah like, so yeah. So Zoom failures. What do you got about? I see it's on the run. So did you see the? Did you did you see the link? I haven't got a chance. To. Oh yeah. So this this on. yeah. So this Ohio, uh, the senator senator from Ohio, um, and I can't remember what the uh, there was. They were having some kind of a meeting, or you know, uh, regarding essentially uh, issues and legislation regarding um, uh, 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 distracted driving, and he's on the Zoom call and he puts in a <laughs> yeah. background. But he's driving, and you could tell he's driving because number one, you could see his arm moving all kind of funny, and he could see him looking sideways and backwards. And oh yeah, there's a you know a seatbelt across his shoulder. So yeah, so yeah, so so you know, let's let's not you know if if you're gonna do a you know a Zoom call and you know don't try to fool people with a with a background. Number one, and certainly don't you know I know you're a hypocrite by nature. You're a politician, but still. You just just don't make it so obvious. This is like Dick Cheney running a gun safety camp. You know? Right. Yeah, it's like one of those. But but you know, I mean, but in a way though, I do have to you know you know sympathize to some degree because I had my failure, my my first major failure today, where I had a big uh, company meeting. Well, it's not company, but like this subgroup. But you know, a lot of people on the call, maybe you know, eighty people on the call, and um, um, I I um. Turned on. I turned. I thought I muted the mic, but I think I accidentally turned it back on. So I was making ruffling noises, and and like ten minutes into the call, yeah. So uh, we're hearing some background noise. So if you could, um, you know, all um, mute your mic. So I checked, and I said, "Oh shit, it's me." I was the I was the asshole, and one of my friends just immediately, <laughs> immediately, you know, I am. He said, "Ah, Biff." He's like, "Yeah, I'm so lame. Um, I am a loser." <laughs> that no, I I I. 
Look, it's not like you recorded a whole podcast and only had one of the two of us and had to jump back on hours later. Yeah, but do it. here's the difference. How many people listen to that meeting versus be listening to our podcast? Oh, yeah, yeah, good point. I, I wish we had those numbers. What is happening COVID locally? Well, you know, this is, uh, you know, I wanted to bring this up with you because, um, uh, as you know, we've been dealing with a lot of, you know, and anti, you know, Asian, you know, violence, you know, there's been a lot of activity and, you know, certainly a lot of activity to essentially address that issue. But when the state moves are, you know, COVID level tier to the, the yellow tier, I'm thinking, I, he's like, is that, is that like intentional? Are you just intentionally being racist like that? What, <laughs> what is up with that? The yellow tier? Are you serious? Maybe they're just calling attention to uh, how, how are the vaccination numbers in Koreatown? I mean, are they trying to get the numbers up? Is it, is that what we're looking at? I, you know, but, but actually, you know, in all, in all, um, uh, all jokes aside, you know, yellow tier is the essentially the least restrictive of the restrictive tiers. So, you know, obviously it's good news, right? So we have like we have super low uh, infection rates. Our you know, our transmission rates are low, and so we have, uh, you know, for the for the people who care, you know, indoor indoor drinking is now uh, permitted at twenty five percent capacity. So, you know, alcoholics rejoice, right? I mean, <laughs> all that stuff. You know, you know, our, our good friends, you know, Tim and you know Dave can go back to the you know to the country girl and you know Castaic and uh, you know, God. hopefully they're one of you know they're they're within the twenty five percent capacity. God bless him. Now, um, in Massachusetts, things are good. Um, the rates are good. I think Massachusetts is second or third in the percentage of people who can be vaccinated having been vaccinated. Like we're close to 70% of adults who have at least one shot so far, yeah. you know, which is great. I mean, um, and now, you know, you know, we're going to have some, some discussions on the home front when it gets ready for the kids. So, yeah, you know we'll, we'll see what we do with that. But uh, yeah. so now let's let's jump to the original homeland, that crime yeah. infested island nation of Japan. Yeah. So you know, once again, I know that you you kind of got in late. I don't know if you got to see I this. I saw that. I saw the horrible. Saw oh my god! So it, I, you know, that's so why this, this... that's why your dad really left. <laughs> that's why he got you guys to Canada. that could be true that could be so this you know this this you know so once again more vehicular violence you know in my homeland where so this this there's a delivery driver truck driver minding her own business just driving down the street and suddenly she hears this loud bang and then she sees this you know um this projectile you know you know hit her windshield and it turns out some jerk throws uh a water bottle up from their window and it hits her, you know, it, it hits her, her, her vehicle. And it, for one thing, it came from the passenger side, which was kind of interesting where the person did like basically a sky hook from the passenger side. Wait, 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 over... wait, 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 are the steering wheels? Yeah. The, everybody drives, you know, on the, you know, on the left-hand side. So the steering wheels, you know, are all, you know, all on the you know right-hand side. Oh, right. So, oh, right. Yes. So that was the passenger tossing uh, with a hook across the roof of its car and hitting this, you know, this, this, this woman, like the person didn't even have the courtesy to litter on their side towards the ditch. No, they had to put it across, which is why it was considered to be even more of a jerk move. Um, it was, there was water in the bottle, Jock. Which is interesting because the question is, was he littering or was he trying to hit? Well, let's not, let's not presume that it was a male. It could have been, you know, 
You know, it could have been that angry grandma. Who knows? No, right? no, it was a dude. <laughs> you know, let's 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 call it what it is. And it's interesting because, yeah, I know lots of places, you know, have the forward-looking cameras. You know, for litigious reasons, yeah, if you're right. a fender yeah. bender, whatever. So it's very common in Japan. Like the uh, the the dash cams are very common in Japan for whatever reason. You know, they, there's so much dash cam, you know, uh, videos and footage that come out of these things. So yeah. You know what's you know the one other thing that was interesting. I don't know if you know, noticed this, but they interviewed the driver that was the victim. Yeah, and they would they filmed her from you know from you know below the neck, so you couldn't see her face, and they basically you know um, you know garbled her voice, so you couldn't you know you couldn't hear her because she wanted to essentially not reveal her identity. Because my God, Lord forbid you go to public, go you know go public with this you know this issue where somebody hit my car with a plastic water bottle or like it's it, this this is this is so it just blows my mind that that is enough for the person to say yeah i don't want my identity revealed <laughs> right because <laughs> yeah. if you they know? throw a water bottle out their car who knows what they'll yeah. do next. i mean yeah if you're the neighbor who was you know talking about like a murder that happened in their neighborhood of course you don't want your you know your you know uh, identity revealed you know they might come after you but yeah you got hit by a bottle, huh? And some, still, you don't want to reveal your identity. Crack me up. And so now we get to the part of the podcast. I reached out to Joe the other day, and I'm like, hey, I think the the all the clips that you have curated for me for this week in Joe, all the self-indulgent theaters, I've used up. So I'm hoping he's digging through the vault and finding some that he likes. Maybe I'll, I'll reuse another one. But we have reached everybody's favorite part of the podcast. The second favorite part of the podcast. I think everybody's favorite part of the podcast is when we sign off. The second favorite part of the podcast is you. You have so much faith that people hang on that long. <laughs> uh, let's say John Oliver um, doing "Tutti Fruity" by Little Richard. Am I, I'm singing it to music and stuff. I I I would be delighted. <laughs> Um, all right, let's, I don't know, give this a whirl. It will not go well, but nothing ever really does on this podcast. So here goes nothing going well. Wop, bop, a loop, bop, a lop, bam, boom. Tootie fruity, oh, Rudy. 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 A womp bop a loo bump, a lot bump up. Got a girl named Sue. She knows just what to do. I've got a girl named Sue. She knows just what to do. She rocked to the east, she rocked to the west, but she's the gal that I love best. Tootie Fruity, oh Rudy. Speaking of Rudy, Rudy Giuliani. We haven't heard her from this monster and many a week. Has COVID-19 finally gotten a hold of Rudy? Oh, Rudy. A wop bop a loop bop a lop bam boom I got a girl named Daisy. She almost drives me crazy. Not as crazy as Rudy Giuliani. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Rudy Giuliani is on my mind. Gosh darn it. Okay. That's enough. Okay, right. so now now we are back in it, Biff. Uh, we'll get into the playoffs, but it seemed like 1970s 
Uh, the Federal Ooh. League made an appearance back in the NHL this week. Uh, I, I I don't know if it was the Charlestown Chiefs playing. Oh, I'm trying yeah. to think, who did they play in the finals? That they, that they called up Oglethorpe and all the other teams. I see the white uniforms, but yeah, we did. We we had we had the Federalist League making an appearance um, in New York this week. Why don't you break down? Oh, boy. Well, let's just say it was a bad week for the New York Rangers, or, or at least their fans. Um, so, you know, one Tom Wilson, uh, uh, a Ford for the uh, Washington Capitals, a known uh, past uh, recipient of NHL fines and suspensions, uh, essentially got into uh, an initial scuffle with, uh, with the Rangers forward. Uh, I, think that was, I think it was initially Bushnevich. Who was basically kind of hacking at at their at his goalie? So Wilson went into in you know quote protect his goalie, got him down on the ice, and while Bushnevich was face down, he started punching the back of his head, and then a second player jumped on him, and I want to say that was Strom that jumped on him, and he just you know flung him down. Now let's you know. Tom Wilson's a big boy. I mean, he's like that. He's that 6'4", 225 type type of guy. He's a huge guy. And so then, at, and so after Strom was flung off, you know, I don't know what he was thinking, but Artemi Panarin, all five, what, 10 and 170 pounds of him, decided, I'm going to jump this guy. So he jumps this guy and basically, uh, you know, he, uh, Wilson just stripped him off like, you know, like you know, Kong would strip off some you know guy trying to hang on him, and then you know a, a couple of uh, uh, punches stripped his helmet off and just whack you know so essentially caused an injury that knocked out the Rangers' best player out for the rest of the season, which really isn't that meaningful because their season was done. So yeah, hopefully as long as it's not permanent, you know the you know injury was whatever it was, but you know obviously there uh so you expect with that kind of uh behavior you expect the uh NHL department of uh, player safety to uh you know bring the hammer down and uh turns out that didn't happen so um, especially with a repeat offender yeah uh, and you know it was a you know a a $5000 fine which and, and in terms of fines that's the most if you're going to find a player that's the most you can find them so the the way to make them pay is to suspend them but then they they lose their game checks right so but for whatever reason um you know that that led to you know obviously uh hockey twitter just going bananas right and so you had a majority saying you know what the hell are they thinking and then you have that you know minority saying you're you know you know so there's two of the minority categories one who are the capitals fans defending their you know one of their best players and then there's another you know portion that's like, yo, this is old time hockey. This is how hockey should be. It's like, yeah, whatever, dude. I mean, we're done with that stuff, right? I mean, this is this stuff just needs to, you know, Look, get out of the I, I, I I'm an old time hockey guy. I like I like dropping the gloves for the right reasons. I like like scrums and stuff. But things like that where somebody's down that you're 50 pounds heavier than, and his arms were also pinned by his side because of yeah. the way he was falling couldn't defend himself as you're punching him in the head i mean that's yeah. the kind of shit like that's the stuff that there's no room at all there's no right. excuse for it. It, yep. it it's it's much different than when two in a two people who are just upset and then when the when wilson goes to the box he's flexing you know he's in the box yep, and yep, he's yep. and that's i mean there's no remorse there's no 
you know um, so i i think i want to get away from the player because the you know the player is the player and we we have those players i think i want to go to the heart of the issue which is the you know the reason why this keeps happening is because the washington capitals benefit from this right they want you know you know if you look at what the capitals did and i don't know if you saw the social media you know the the twitter uh, the tweet that the capitals put out right after this happened I did with tom it. wilson oh you didn't see it so it was a photo of Tom Wilson with this thing basically saying, you know, how Tom Wilson lives inside of everybody's, you know, head rent free, right? And then the bottom, there's a quote that says, you know, the the, uh, the best goal scorer in the NHL. So, and that's a that's a that's a funny reference that has something to do with something else. But anyway, so then it real then they got a lot of flack and they realized, oh, we should delete this tweet. But so they deleted the tweet, mm-hmm. but you know, it kind of got out there. Uh, a few years back, I mean, we've had discussions about goons before, and one of my least favorite goons, you know, um, uh, um, uh, what's his, was, was it Cook? Uh, he ended up with the Penguins, uh, and right. Matt Cook, Matt yeah. Cook, right? He ended up with, yeah, and 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 Mario sat him down and said, you know what? You cannot be doing this. You cannot be playing hockey this way. And at the same time, Mario, to his credit, you know you know, said, you know, when things like this happen, you got to penalize the team. You know, the team has to not want this to happen. And if the team gets penalized, then it'll, you know, it'll, it'll essentially, it'll help reinforce what the DPOS is doing by having the team go to the player to essentially not repeat this in the future. And for about a year and a half, you know, Matt Cook was like an actual hockey player, you know, you know, but and and I think eventually he kind of uh, got and left and then became the same you know D bag that he always was. But still, I think that if the coach and the owner and the just the general management you know you know you know steps in and says, hey, you know you're gonna stop doing this or else you know you're gonna be out of a job. I mean, I think you know or something, right? I mean, no. If you penalize the whole team, yeah. then yeah, they now yeah. what now what happened the next? Was it the next game that a Ranger player from the bench was mocking the the Hulk? Oh, that was he. And, yeah, and, that was and he gets a ten minute misconduct for 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 taunting from the bench. What the fuck? So you no, that was so worth it. I'm sorry, I don't I don't no, care no, that he got you the don't, penalty. You don't suspend the guy for brutalizing. Well, he wasn't he was, no, no, no. I'm saying yeah, yeah. right, right, right. You don't yeah. suspend a guy for brutalizing somebody on the ice, a defense hitting a defensive yeah. person in the back of the head, but yet somebody mocks you from the bench and gets a yeah. ten minute misconduct. I mean, I uh, but I, I kind of get it, right? And, and the reason why I kind of get it is because that was after the line brawl, right? And so the idea was that um, I think that was the referee's attempt at you know de-escalation, right? That's you know that's what he wanted to do. So I, I kind of get it, you but, know. But that line brawl was something right out of Slapshot. The drop yeah. of the puck, everybody squares off with a yeah. dance partner. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I back in the eighties. There was a couple years where the Bruins, and you'd have to look this up. Maybe yeah. I can find clips and post it, where the Bruins in Montreal going into the playoffs kept calling minor league guys up, just absolute oh. gorillas. <laughs> and I forget, like, like Jay Miller, you know, Jay Miller, and I forget. Oh, why am I blank? I see the guy's name. He ended up being a big radio just jockey here forever. Uh, Lyndon Byers. Lyndon Byers oh, yeah. and Jay Miller. Both thugs, both complete thugs. But at one point, the Canadians 
and the Bruins both called up their triple A affiliate tough guys, <laughs> their double A affiliate tough yeah. guys, went driving around to construction sites in South Boston and just found the biggest apes they could and said, Hey, can you stand up on skates? Would you like to play one game in the NHL tonight? And it was. They they were, you know, you had Chris Nyland Dream on come the other true. side. Oh, dude, it was just Dream come true. And, and and there's a part of me that's like when you see Wilson and and I don't know. So the Rangers getting taking a step back so which is so funny i don't know who in the rangers office decided to write the open letter to pen the open letter blasting i've never seen a so yeah so allegedly that was you know a james dolan james dolan the owner basically that was his thing and in fact apparently uh you know uh both davidson and the uh i can't remember the uh gordon is that the the gm that was uh, fired the day after um both were apparently against that and 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 in calls to calls to or from other gms they said they had no idea that this was coming like so so the rangers write this letter that is just black i mean it doesn't yeah. beat around the bush basically yeah uh yeah yeah basically saying george paros is not fit for this position. Right, right not fit for not fit for the position but then the next day when the general manager and the president get blown out people are like oh my god they must have written this letter and the <laughs> no, owner no. because the league turned around and fired the uh um find the Find-out. rangers a quarter million bucks yeah yeah, I mean, so no, but those are unrelated. They basically, this was a James Dolan week, uh, from 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 all indications, where the owner said, "Oh, this is this is bullshit. I'm going to you know have this you know go out to the league. Oh, and yeah, you know our rebuild isn't going fast enough. I'm firing the you know the manager. It's like, and it was it was it, it was such a devastating week. I think because so obviously the Rangers were already eliminated from the playoffs. They're not a great team, but I think that. Just about everybody, and even the impatient Rangers fans saw that. Hey, you know what? You know, we see where this is heading to. That this is going to be, a, you know, this is a team that's, you know, going to do something in a few years. I think that the, they saw, you know, the future of their rebuild, and for the architects for of that to be abruptly fired. I mean, it does two things, right? It basically tells the players. I think I, you know, obviously I'm not the, one of the players, but I would think that the players who probably felt pretty good about the year even though they're disappointed not making the playoffs is it you know what we went really far this is we are such a better team than we were last year you know we lost you know we lost our the best goalie in the you know the franchise's history and still you know we came this close to a playoff slot you know look at all these guys that are you know playing great and then suddenly saying oh my god what we did, you know, you know, our boss thinks what that what we did was garbage this year. Right? No, it's a big slap in the face, and I yeah. don't know how many free agencies. So before we're all Rangers all the yeah. time, uh, this podcast, uh, we we're, we're, the season ends in three days. Well, I, kind of. <laughs> and so the, I don't know. Maybe maybe the Vancouver's going to play for a few more days, but <laughs> <laughs> right because, uh, but. That said, where the following week is the sideshow we recorded. By the time you and I chat again, we yeah. will be at the end of the first round, starting the second round. Well, so, not end of the first round, but you started the first round. Yeah. Deep into the first round. Right, depending yeah. on how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. What are you looking at? First of all, you want to throw out a cup pick and then work backwards? Do you want to talk? Well, sir, got yeah, well, round? definitely, you know, I mean, obviously, it's going to be the lightning, right? Have you seen the news? Uh, did you see their uh, their new goalie acquisition? No. Today? He picked somebody up today. It was yes. about three days ago, so you didn't see, you didn't see my um, 
my uh, my Twitter post. You did, and 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 I'm blanking on that now. Right, I'm sorry, I did see that. <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I think no, that okay. I think that puts him over the top. You're right. Uh, uh, you know, why even Gronk, play the playoffs? Why play with Gronk the playoffs? In the net, yeah, with, with Gronk in net, um, I I don't know that anybody's going to score. Why, why, why even bother playing? Yeah, right. No, in all seriousness, I actually do have the, the Lightning um, uh, as one of the favorites, but that actually I did not pick them. I'm, I, I'm actually uh, picking the uh, Colorado Avalanche to win this year. So that's my pick. And and they beat who? Well, so it's going to be interesting, right? It's it's it, Because, uh, um, you know, there's going to be some receding. I don't know what's going to uh, – uh, what's what. So I'm going to – I'm going to – I'm predicting a Colorado-Carolina final, and I'm predicting Colorado beating Carolina. And then I'm predicting the other two teams um, uh, coming out, you know, so uh, so the essentially the central is a tam- uh, a Tampa Bay is the central. Um, and uh, 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 I mean, not Tampa, uh, Carolina is the central, Colorado is the west. And then from the east, I'm picking um, – I feel kind of scared about it because they're crapping right now, but I'm picking the Islanders out of the East and then out of the, um, uh, 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 what was the, uh, the, the North, the Canadian division. Once again, uh, they're crapping out right now. So I'm worried about that pick, but I'm picking the Winnipeg Jets. You know, okay. So, so you watch a lot more hockey outside the greater Boston area teams than yeah. I do. Yeah. So are they going, are they sticking division, the four divisions, or are they going conference for the playoffs? No, what they're doing is that you're playing within the division first and then the division winners, right. Get to, you know, you know, and then what they do is they rank the divisions based on the, uh, rank the winners based on the, um, there's uh, regular season records. And then they're going to essentially face each other. Okay. So, so, because I was basing on the old school, so I, you know, right now it's like in the central it, round one, and it could change because there's a couple more games. But right yeah. now, it looks like the Canes are playing the Predators. Yep. In round one, and I would take the Canes, Lightning yep. over the Panthers. Um, the and the West, I would take the Knights over the Blues. Um, and of course, yeah, you know, the Avs. Um. The Avs should take the Wild yeah. in four games, maybe five games. I mean, they have a they have almost identical records, but the Avs. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, the, yeah, lead, those, yeah, the Minnesota is the dark horse. That team can cause problems. So, are the Leafs Habs? I mean, it's one of those things. On paper, it should be a four game, five game series. The Leafs versus the Habs, but there's such yeah. a rival. Does that rivalry really exist? Does that really matter I, anymore? I, I think I think there is a kind of a background thing. I think there is the, it's not so much the rivalry as much as I think that the players feel the pressure of the weight of of you know the meaningfulness of this series for the fans. I don't think the players personally care about the Habs as a team. I think they care more about the fact that everybody else cares that this is a Habs Leafs series. And then I got the Jets over the Oilers too, and it is. It's one of those things where the Oilers based on where they've drafted over the last 10 years, the talent on that team, it's ridiculous that they're not that they're not a favor, you know, that so I'm picking the Jets too to come out of the North. Yeah. So yeah, and, yeah, and of course you know I love I love my Leafs, but you know the thing about the Jets is that the Jets basically has you know a Vesna caliber goalie. You know he's he's in call, you know Connor Hellebuck is you know without a doubt the best goalie in that division, and I think he's a guy that that ends up you know potentially stealing series, and. and- 
And in the East, I, I, I you know, I'm going with the Bruins. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I know it's a big shock. Um, I don't think the Pens are are built for the playoffs. So right now, if, if the playoffs started today, and of course the Bruins play, uh, they have three games left. They have another practice game against the Rangers. Uh, you know, the other game, the game last Thursday, they had 28 shots in the yeah. first period. And I felt yeah. bad. It's one of those things. It's like the Rangers are coming off losing their best player. And then the next night, you know, the big brawl with the with, with the Capitals. And they have nothing left to play for now. And you could just see it. And like you said, they yeah. fought, you know, they should feel good about the progress they made. But they had the rug pulled out for them. Okay, now go to Boston and play a team that has the best record since the trade deadline. I mean, I don't remember the last time the Bruins picked somebody up at the trade deadline yeah. that truly paid this much difference. And ever since they got Hall, I mean, you know, they're they're eleven and one, yeah. some eleven and two or something like that since the trade deadline. I mean, yeah. the yeah. best line in hockey when it's when it's working well is Pasternak, you know, uh, Bergeron and Marshan. And the second line is okay, but now you have a legit, legit second line. Yeah. And that's the big thing. So the Islanders, I think, crush the pens just because the Islanders are built for playoff hockey. I just think they are. Yeah. You know, the Caps and the Bruins, again, I mean, the Caps, I'm not saying it's a cakewalk, and, and, but I'm not. I'm not simply so, saying the yeah, Bruins. So, here, here, here's, my, here's my concern with the Bruins. And, I, and, and, and really, Bruins are definitely good enough to come out of that, that division. I, you know, there's not, I laughed at you because, you know, you make the homer pick. But, but from, a, you know, from a prediction standpoint, I don't think it's a horrible, I don't think it's a bad uh, uh, pick. My biggest worry about with the uh, Bruins is, is the fact that is is really the matchup, right? So, and the Bruins, I think, of the teams in there are right now the most, uh, you know, uh, injury vulnerable, and that's why I worry about the matchups and I worry about the injury because if you're playing uh, a series with the Washington Capitals with Tom Wilson, who didn't get suspended for that, right? And then, so. There's nobody in the league right now like Tom Wilson, right? There just there's just nobody out there like him right now. So I don't so I think that is a worry to have a physical series like that against the Capitals. And then they have to turn around and play the Islanders, which is another physical grinding team. I just think that, that that's a that's a bit much. And that's that's the worry that I have. That's that's the reason why, you know, I couldn't you know, pick the Bruins. And I just thought that it goes back to what you said earlier. I thought in that division, the the team that is the best, the, the best built for the playoffs is the Islanders. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it, I, it is a homer pick. It is. I think if, Char and it's not a, but it's not, a, in this Look, case, it's not a bad I'm, pick. I'm not like, I didn't cry too much. The Chara left. I will say though, somebody like a Chara is built yeah. for the grind of the playoffs and not having yeah. bat back on the D because I mean, it is. It it is going. Anyone? Well, I, don't, I don't see any think, of these think series of, going. I would say, think of it games. this way. Think of it this way. You used to have Chara that can protect against a Tom Wilson, and now Chara's on his on Tom Wilson's right. side. You know that's true. I mean, and and, and that's one hundred percent true. I, right. I think, I you know, and I've said it for years, and our good friend Paul Ruger and I agree. Yeah. It's it's like Chara brings a lot to the table. At the same time, he is a dime. He is so slow footed at this point. But and the corners in front of the net, there's a lot. He he still has some game. I don't think any of these series 
and the East go less than six games. I think they're all. I think the first two rounds go six, seven games. But again, I think the actually the I think the only one that does potentially go short is the Penguins series. Whomever the Penguins play, and right now the the, the seating yeah. seating aren't completely done right now, right? Because there's still some settling that can happen. So you know you could still have the Capitals could still take over. The, you know the Bruins right. could technically right. wind up first, right? Or, I mean, or yeah. third. I think the, I think this right. solidified first to third. So no, we will see. Um, yeah. But no, but, you know, Penguins have the least. I mean, they have um, Casey DeSmith and uh, Tristan Jari in net, and that's a kind of a shaky tandem. So I think that's that's where I think the Pens are the only one where they could have that crappy goaltending and be out in five. So, so again, you have you have the Cup final coming down to who? Uh, basically, I have Colorado over um, Carolina, and I have the Bruins over Avalanche. Yeah. That, which is a, which is. Yeah, and which is a which is a dangerous pick for me to make to pick Carolina over the Lightning, but I'm doing it anyway. Nice. Uh, so we will. We should update. We should. Yeah. You know. We should follow that. You know. Keep track on Twitter. Yeah. Um, oh no, I'm excited. I mean, I I have like I said the re- uh, yes, it's a homer pick. I would pick them anyways. You know, uh, I'm the Bruins yeah. equivalent of the Chicago Bears fans from Saturday Night Live. But that pickup of Taylor Hall at yeah. the end of the season gave us a legit, l- legit, yeah. legit second line. Biff, have you watched anything fun this week? What are you watching? What do you recommend? I watched. I watched. Um, I pay for an online concert. Ah, do tell. There is uh, an annual festival uh, of of all female rock bands in Japan. So, you know, you could you could you might call it the Lilith Fair of Japan, but they're all kind of rock bands. But unlike Lilith Fair, um, this thing started in '87 and it's still going, or maybe '89 and still going. You know, so Lilith Fair was like what, four years. So, yeah, and it's actually, you know, it's it's basically there's about uh, five actual bands that play, but in between they'll create these kind of these, um, you know, mixing of what they call the All Star medley bands and stuff like right. that. But it's just. Um, it, 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 it it just it just it's just so crazy how good these you know musicians and I don't understand why there aren't more of it in in you know in the West right where the you know the all female bands in the West you know there there there's a lot of them but I don't see the ones that are like like super technically proficient you know and I don't know if that's on purpose because there are plenty of amazing amazing musicians but they 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 seem to all be kind of doing their own thing and not within the framework of a band now, so i this, like to see more of that was this family viewing or was this just you hell no who else is gonna watch that come <laughs> I don't on know if your kid watches that get one. real uh was that fun was it worth the money it was fun oh, it was it was actually not that expensive it was about 30 bucks so you know and then the what's what was great about it is is a 30 bucks but you know it um it actually started at a you know at a reasonable time and ended at a ungodly hour so i didn't watch the whole thing but they gave you essentially they uh put the uh they uh, left the video archive on for like a week so i got to actually watch it when i was awake what what time did it start in japan 
So it started at like 2 p.m. in Japan, which uh, uh, roughly sometime in the afternoon, but I think it started like 10 o'clock local time here. So 10 p.m. So I could watch the beginning of it and it's like, yeah, right. I, you know, I have to be on East Coast time. So yeah. Oh, right. It was a weekday thing. Yeah, it was a weekday. Oh, it, it also happened last week. So it was last week, Thursday in Japan. So last week, Wednesday night. So I actually ended up, so that's why I ended up watching it this week, really. But, um, but last week was the what they call Golden Week in Japan. So they have this extended um, uh, holiday. So that it was the start of the what they call the Golden Week. So it was actually a holiday in Japan. So that's why. You know, nice. What, what, what does the Golden Week celebrate? I think uh, I can't remember what what there. One of them, I think, at the tail end of it is like Mother's Day, right? So, and then at the beginning, there's a couple. I can't remember what it was, but there's like like two or three holidays in a row. So they just basically shut everything down. So, you know, look, if you don't know, I can't help you out. Okay. Yeah. Anybody who is listening to me right now, stop this podcast, go to Netflix, four part series called This is a Robbery. And I can't believe that I knew so little about this. But in 1990, the day, well, you can kind of say the day after St. Patrick's Day. So St. Patrick's Day is big here, obviously, but it was bigger in like the 90s, you know, late 80s, 90s. I mean, shut down the city big. There's a museum right in Boston called the Elizabeth Stewart Gartner Museum. And it is world renowned. It is one of the, it's probably, it gives any museum in the United States or maybe the world a run for its money. The building was built a hundred years ago. So St. Patrick's Day was on a Saturday night, uh, May 17th, 1990. Two guys dressed as cops show up at two o'clock in the morning. So you know, most cops are going to be either busy, <laughs> you know, with, sure, yeah. with, with, with dealing with drunks at two in the morning on, say, the you know, technically the night after St. Patrick's Day. But, you know, it was a Saturday night, St. Patrick's Day. It was the largest art heist in the world, Biff. Of all time, this okay. is the largest. Um, and it's a four-part series. There's one character that they talked to who was a big rocker in Boston in the late 50s, all through the 60s, early 70s. And just as his career would take the next step, he get arrested for armed or for robbing a bank and go to jail for two okay. years. And then he'd come out and he would put his band together and it was like a real life blues brothers. They would start to turn, they'd have a local hit on local radio. He turned the corner and then he and at one point in the mid-70s, he basically decided, I'm going to steal this piece of artwork from um, the Museum of Fine Arts in New York right. and right. use it as leverage next time I get arrested to get out of jail. I'll give you the painting back if you can let me out of jail. And they Interesting th- strategy. <laughs> dude, so this, you know, so this art heist happened over 30 years ago. It's not solved. This is one of those true crime things that it puts all the pieces together. It talks to the security people on duty that day. It talks to well-known, you know, it goes through, but it also, you're talking to the local cops who investigated the case, the FBI who investigated the case. Like this is all 30 years later. It's, it's pre DNA, you know, and it's really frustrating because they didn't think, Oh, we should sweep up these, 
screws and these nails when they pulled the frames <laughs> off the wall because yeah. we can dust these for prints someday. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dude, it's it's fascinating. It's fascinating the people they talked to, the people they had access to. And, you know, a lot of people outside of Boston don't know that, yes, the mob, the Irish mob is huge here. But the Italian mob, I mean, the Irish mob is it was bigger than the Italian mob, you know, all through the six. I mean, Whitey Bulger, you know, everybody. Right, right, Whitey right, Bulger. right. Yeah. Whitey Bulger was just another Irish mobster back then. You know what I mean? But right, the, right. The, and it's like they went through person by person of interest. And, the, <laughs> you know, and, and well, what's interesting is it could have been this guy who was stealing it for this guy. But it's hard to ask him because this guy got whacked and then this guy <laughs> was found in a trunk. Dude. It's a four-part series. So, it's called. So, this but they, is a they, you said that, so they were they were dressed up as policemen. So they came in without their face covered or anything like that. So like just walk people's feet. Yep. Yep. You know, are they fake mustaches and fake glasses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, at, at the same time, was it an inside job? And it could have. It, uh, it, it sets it up like you're you're ending one episode. It's like, oh my god, there's no way this wasn't an inside right. job. And the next episode, you're like, oh, that guy couldn't have had anything to do yeah. with it, dude. It's fascinating. It's also frustrating because it's one of those things where they called in this expert whose whole job is he goes around the world consulting on art museum security, and they showed uh -huh. him like the computer to print out that night of the system that they had could tell when somebody entered a room and right. all the and he's like yeah this is the first time i'm seeing this if i saw this 30 years ago i would have come out with this analysis like yeah. the local cops didn't talk to the feds who didn't talk right. to the consultants who didn't right. talk to the private detectives uh it's fascinating and you feel bad because the woman who ran the museum was just hired months before and now it's the big but it's to date the biggest art heist in the world to date wow. unsolved 30 years later wow. it's called this is a robbery it's on netflix highly 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 recommended uh gaming wise moving on to gaming i i'm on the fence because as you know biff as yeah. as joe knows i'm quite the fan of the resident evil games franchise i'm not a, the, the movies the resident evil movies are fine but i love the games they are my favorite video yep. games the latest incarnation came out today or this past weekend i should say i'm on the fence because i haven't got it because i know i'm going to get a ps5 sooner or later between now and christmas i'll get a ps5 i don't want to spend the 80 bucks to get it for the ps4 although my son who's 13 really wants me to he doesn't want to get the resident evil game he wants me to get the game because <laughs> and he it really he does he likes he knows i like the game and yeah. for me he wants me to get it and i'm a cheap bastard it's like if I get it on the PS4 now, yeah, it can play on the PlayStation 5. But if you're going to get the PlayStation 5, you want to get the PlayStation 5 version of it and get the better graphics. You know, sure. it's, it, it's like, yeah. you know, if you're going to – if I'm going to get it. So yeah. may, maybe I'll break down and get it next week. I'm guessing <laughs> you don't have much in the video game recommendations. Um, you know – no, I don't. So you got a parenting tip for me? Uh, you know, it's uh, all I can say is I bought dirt this week. My my wonderful son took it out of the car for me so I don't have to freaking break my back. So, yeah, thank goodness for the, the young child with the strong, you know, muscles to do my, you know, heavy labor for me that I'm no longer, you know, wanting to do anymore. I, I, 
Is he over 18 and still living with you? That he can carry the yeah, dirt from the car. God. Well, but, no, uh, no, but I mean, it's cool. Did, yeah. did, did you tell him it's for your shallow grave? You, you know, you're <laughs> my parenting tip. So my. You wife, know what? You know, the, 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 the sad part is, you know, you know, he would have to dig the shallow grave for me. That's so. true. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. I mean, why dig it yourself? Um, oh, 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 I'm trying to think of the famous Marx Brothers line, you know. The, the, we'll have to buy the graves. Our, our men are dropping like flies. We'll have to buy their graves ready-made or something. Anyways, uh, my parenting tip. So my little guy plays Little League. He's not an athlete, doesn't really like it. He's doing it to kind of help out a buddy and a buddy's family. Right. But his team the other day did well, and he was very right. happy that they did well. He was 0 for 3, hit by a pitch. So he made, you know, so so I'm trying to- He got him, on base, damn it. I'm trying to teach him to lean in more. So on, uh, so he laments it. He wishes he was better at it. At the same time, doesn't want to do work. So my parenting tip is sometimes you just have to- um, Did you go to the batting cage? Did no, you go to a batting cage? No, because no. he's not ready for a batting cage. So I <laughs> bought a batting tee. And, and, okay. and, and so- just the other day after school, I said, option one, we can go to the field and you can hit a hundred balls off this tee. And yeah. then I got to run some errands and I will yeah. get you the ice cream sandwiches you want. Or, you know, um, I can run the errands and then we can go to the field and sit there for the length of time it would take to do it before you get home and get to use your computer and play Minecraft. So either way, you're going to be at the field for that length of time, whether you want to make time serve you or you want to serve time, that's a you thing. And I did. That's exactly what I did. I got everything out of the car. He wasn't happy about it. I walked over and then five, six minutes into it, he's like, I don't know why I fight Papa. This is fun. Like he actually had fun doing it and you know he's yeah. uh, the batting cages the accuracy on those things aren't as helpful as you think but no, no they're not but this yeah. is a walk before you run thing like yeah. if he yeah. works on his swing you know and it's funny because management came to one of his games and he's out there playing right field and she's like they always make him play right field he never gets a ball hit to him i'm like right and everybody should play every position to get a chance if if they want to, but he doesn't even want to show up 10 minutes early to take, no, because a coach will hit yeah. ground balls yeah. to you. Yeah. Like the kids who want to play shortstop yeah. first and second, they'll take the ground balls and stuff. If he wanted to, if he came to me and said, you know, I wish I could take a turn of pitching. I wish I could take a turn at this. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, let's go down to the field and do it. And then I'll talk to the coach. But if you don't want to put in the work, then I'm not going to say, you know, but, but he did, you know, he ended up having fun. So my parenting tip is, you know, you can give them the options, but, you know, create the scenario where it's like, okay, you can sit yeah. there and, and not do it for the next half hour, or you can come out and have fun, get something out of it. Um, and, and and that is me. I'm going to leave it up to you after I brag a little bit about our ending song. Um, okay. When, when you, before the pandemic hit, um, since moving back here, on one hand, I have you, All Star, and John in L.A. and Friday night and people like Scotty Black. And I, I can't put into words how much I miss that. On the other hand, back here, I have Joe, who I did this with. And, you know, even before yep. that, you know, it's a different life with Joe and my friend Dan, who I jam with, yep. you know. So since being back here, Dan and I have jammed. We played a couple of shows before the pandemic. It was fun. It was really great. 
Um, no delusions of mediocrity. Just we like getting together yep, yep. and playing for the sake of getting together. The pandemic hits. We didn't really see each other. One of the very few upsides to Joe saying, hey, here's all the gear. Figure it out. Right. I, I was actually able to figure out how to use the gear to record oh, so drums. Yeah. 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 And so the song that I'm playing, Dan and I <coughs> Dan and I started working on, you know, right as the pandemic hit. And about a month or so ago, he sent me the song that he did and he put the computer drums in and yeah. they were and they were great. I yeah. heard it a little different. He's he's great at programming drums. They usually sound great. He doesn't usually put a lot of fills and tempo right. changes in it. Yeah. Um and because I'm a drummer, I hear it a little differently right. so this is the first song that we've recorded since the pandemic or recorded oh, together in a long time i recorded the drums mixed it sent it to him and of course dan's like this is good can you just send me the drum tracks <laughs> and look i i mean good i'm staying in my lane it's like you know yeah. I, I you know hey here's how it is so i was i was able to figure out to use the mixer enough in order to do it. So, um, yeah. and, and this is, this is Dan's music is very much akin to lyrically. He's, he's, he's very much like Randy Newman. And when you hear Randy Newman's, I love LA uh -huh. or you hear Randy Newman's short people. Right. Right. And right. it's like yep. short people got no reason to live. Yeah. The yep. guy's five, one, you know, listen to the whole song. The song isn't about, it's an anti-racism song. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, people, people don't, you know, people, I mean, Randy Newman's one of the most uh, misunderstood right. lyricists, right? And, and so, I mean, because and, and so, like, right. so do you so, not get the joke? And, like, and so like, Dan's, a lot of Dan's music is like yeah. Dan's, yeah. Dan's things are ironically hilarious. He He's like a walking Vonnegut character is what yeah. he is. So this song is called building a wall and oh, it's, it, it's all about awesome. building a wall to, to hang and, and, and there's like seven verses and each one built and it circles back to we got to build the wall to keep out these rapists who take yeah. all the jobs and then go on welfare, it, you know, and it, it is hysterical. It's poignant. It's funny. Um, I'm very proud of this. It's called building the wall. I babbled enough. Biff, have a fantastic week. I hope you're yeah. right with most of your picks except the ones uh, against the Bruins. And, I don't care if I'm wrong. <laughs> and I will chat with everybody in a couple of weeks. Uh, next week is Tom Rogan. Um, absolutely great, great, great guy. He really fun. And now I turn it over to you. Well, so um, as I was thinking about um, all of the stuff that happened in the NHL this week, I just want you to uh, remember, don't forget, 